Betches Media presents At Betches, a podcast hosted by Betches co-founders Aileen Drexler, Jordana Abraham, and Sammy Sage. Before they were business partners, they were close friends who've known each other since elementary school. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. From their awkward middle school years to founding Betches and beyond, get to know the women who've been making us laugh since 2011. Who allowed you to take my breath away? This is At Betches. This is going to be just like senior year, except for funner. Welcome back to the App Betches podcast. I'm Sammy Sage. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Aileen Drexler. And we're the founders of Betches Media. This is episode seven of this season of the App Betches podcast. Last week, we talked about how we met our significant others. And this week, we are talking about the very first podcast we ever did together, which is crazy to think about, as well as how we started You Up, Diet Stars Tomorrow, and many of the other podcasts that we host today. So let's start with a clip of the first podcast topic we ever discussed from September 2016. I have no recollection of what it was, but Sean has uh, unearthed it, so... um, I'm a little afraid about what I'm about to hear, but here's the three of us discussing the biggest news story of the day when we started in 2016. Roll the tape. Last night, I think we witnessed a very big moment in American history. Well, technically two nights ago because it's coming out tomorrow. Right. Well, <laughs> either way, there was a major, Monday night. <laughs> a major national security breach. Rob yes. Kardashian tweeted out his sister's phone number. Amid, yeah. He did it during the um, biggest presidential election debate so far in history i think that yeah so i don't think he was aware that that debate was going on <laughs> the debate he was, was huge. he was more so concerned with his own um with his Lack baby mama's to <laughs> bridal the, shower right 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 china was not invited to the baby shower or what angela yes. so angela. Right. black china wasn't invited to her own baby shower which i have to say <laughs> is pretty up there in in ways of saying like yeah. fuck you to someone that you're don't like someone- that's marrying someone in your family okay here's the tweet it says Kylie's number, um, 818-482-5859. Um, 12 crying, laughing, smiley faces. I ain't hacked either. This is Rob Dog. LOL. And then he tweets the number again um, in the following tweet, just in case someone missed the first tweet. Do so you have a typo or something? And then he tweeted again after that. Didn't invite the mother of my child to a baby shower you all were trying to throw for me? You must have lost your damn minds. And then he put the hands up emoji of a girl. Since when does a guy get a baby shower thrown for him? Since you're a Kardashian and you're like the baby. (laughs) Well, I texted and I didn't get anything back yet, but I asked her if she could please put Leo back on sale. The lip (laughs) kit color, which I never got a chance to get. Wait, that was actually a really funny scandal. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I forgot that that happened entirely. Totally. I forget everything Same. that happens. Also, totally. yeah. say, we also say well, that I it's do. the biggest presidential debate in history. And when, I feel when like at the time it was, right? It was at I the know. time, for sure. It was at the time. Things have changed. But um, was it was that the scandal where like Black China like cleaned out the fridge? Like <laughs> robbed his house <laughs> or something? That's the only thing I remember. All I remember is like the fridge being cleaned out and thinking that was like so weird and strange but no she like took a lot of her shit from the house his house and then he he like put it all on his instagram and then chris took away his instagram (laughs) um but i don't i don't remember him getting mad at kylie and tweeting her phone number that's wild they've done a pretty good job of like hiding rob for the past few years i really haven't thought about him but he's been on some things recently and um very controlled i assume happy well except for like his sock line i think rob wants to be hidden but um i find it weird that i was like trying to get a kylie lip i don't i totally remember when that came out and we were like freaking (laughs) out i I, I found (laughs) um candy k at the bottom of like one of my bags and i'm kind of like i'm gonna keep this (laughs) for the next time still the next time i wear like something on my lips which will probably be like that's pretty insane that she like yeah. launched this lip kit, just lip kits, and people were like so thirsty for them, including us. Yeah, they they were actually good, but then she overvalued her business, got called a billionaire, and then Cody, the company who acquired her, was like, "Shit, this was not." She's fine. Now. <laughs> Living on the streets. <laughs> She's fine. Yeah. So that was September 2016, right? Holy shit. We started in 2016. Right. What year is it now? Six years? Five years? Five years. 
Wow. Math was never your thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was my thing once. And then I like burned all of my math brain cells in college. <laughs> Specifically the math. This one. is the second time I'm discussing math on a podcast today. That's the kind of life. So we went from our first <laughs> podcast to now this is my fourth recording of the day. And we really like expanded our whole podcasting suite. I know. It's wild. Then. Well, well, I remember though. Okay. The reason why we started Betch Lap was Jared had a podcast, J Train, or I still yeah, have. Jared had a podcast like before anyone gave a shit about podcasts, I think. Yeah, a long time ago. And then he like asked you, Jordana, to be on it like a couple times. And then he had both of us on and... I was so fucking nervous. I was like, what do I say on a podcast? Really nerve wracking. <laughs> really nerve wracking. them too. Yeah. And you like have to be funny. And it was just so nerve wracking. But then I remember going home after. It was great. It was great. I remember going home after and I was like laying in my like apartment and I was like, we must do podcasts <laughs> like Betches needs. We need to do it. And I like imagine myself as a radio host. I like fully vividly remember like imagining it happening. Yeah. Well, that's you uh, now. <laughs> but also, do you remember we used to go record on the Upper West Side? Like we would take the subway from the WeWork office. We went to the stu- our studio. Yeah. Stand up New York. And we would yeah. go record and yeah. Because that was Jared's studio too. Yeah. It was right. Before we had... Everything in house, we would record there, and it was right by Marshalls. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I remember, though, like that sticks out to me very clearly about that place is um, Valentine's Day, twenty. It must have been twenty seventeen. Jordan and I recorded an episode with Stassi Schroeder. I know and I couldn't that, be there, yeah. and that was my happy Valentine's Day. You were probably celebrating actual Valentine's Day, no. and we the single gals, we yes. for Valentine's Day, and we the single gals there. were like, "Oh, we're gonna spend our Valentines with Stassi." Oh my god, I remember that day slash episode because some guy had just broken up with me, and I was like, <laughs> "So all my stories start." Um, <laughs> I was like very upset, but it was like a cool thing we had to do. And then I remember I put up a picture of it like with her and with it. And I was like, maybe he'll see it and regret everything. And he didn't. Um, <laughs> you were with I, I'm, <laughs> this girl is so cool. She gets to podcast with Stassi. I have to rethink everything. Listen, I remember he liked it. He liked the post. So <laughs> I remember oh that. My God. So I would remember the same thing, too. That's so funny. I remember the lighting in that studio was terrible. Like we could not take good pictures. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was big. It was, it was also podcast we were lighting. It was like, yeah, but it was know. so overhead, you know, harsh, harsh lighting, not good lighting for pictures. I also remember recording with Brooklyn Decker yeah. in that place. And what I remember about that is that it was like the first time I felt skinny that year. And I was like so happy with the pictures we took with her because of how I looked <laughs> that day. So while we're talking about the lighting, that's my memory. That's so funny. Of that room. It is funny that like these memories just conjure images of Instagram posts. Yes. And also (laughs) also that we tie them to like our own individual personal shit that was going on. Like you tied it to being broken up with. I'm like, oh, I looked skinny in that room once. (laughs) (laughs) I remember like our producer Shelby, who's Jared's producer now. Yeah. He would always like he's very deadpan. And at the end of the episode, we would be like, was that funny? And he'd be like, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he'd be like, yep, very funny. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, great show. And then just like leave. <laughs> and then we'd be like, oh, we have to do ads. And he'd be like, ads are good. <laughs> yeah. He was just, he would never knew. He was just like, yeah, that was really, really good episode, guys. And then we deadpan kind of guy. <laughs> it was just great. But that was really fun. We did batch that for so long. Right. And then we we moved to our our own office because we were still in WeWork at the time. And then we like, we need to build a podcast studio in our office. And we're like, yeah, why not? We have this bench lab because we don't want to go to the Upper West Side. <laughs> Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a cranky kid. I want my kids to be comfy when they sleep and are rested in the morning. And that's why I snuggle them up in Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I am said mom. I am obsessed with Little Sleepies. They are so, so, so soft. I just got one that was the Checkmates Zippy for my son, Lucas. It's so adorable. 
and it's limited edition, so everybody go check it out. Little Sleepy's Zip Romper Pajamas, aka Zippies, the ones that I got, were designed with thoughtful details like fold-over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make the middle-of-the-night diaper changes easier. Made from the buttery soft, custom-milled Luna Luxe Bamboo Viscose, their Zip Footy Pajamas are gentle on sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about the most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. So try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you'll never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com with promo code BETCHES. So then we decided to keep launching more podcasts. Jordan, do you want to share how like the you up thing happened? Because that was the next one. Sure. Um, I mean, I think we wanted to expand from our one podcast, which was Batch Slapped. And then we wanted to, I think dating has always been like such a big thing for our audience. We were always answering like those Dear Batch emails from like literally 2011. And I would say mm-hmm. a majority of them usually had to do with like dating or some dating related question. So it made sense that we would start the dating vertical. And then Jared was like kind of like already doing a lot of dating questions on his podcast. And we knew him just to give everyone like a little background about our Jared relationship is he was hosting like our Betches comedy shows, which were like women led comedians since probably like 2012. Yeah, we Um, used to have like brunch comedy shows. Yeah. And we'd get a lot of people to come. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. We did it in like a lot of different cities. We should do that again when things get back to normal, actually, because that's really fun. They were fun, and, yeah. Yeah, they're really fun. And Jared would host them, which is hilarious because it was like all fe- like mostly female comedians, and then Jared's hosting because he's like, like the fucking white girl whisperer. <laughs> well, he had he had like a very good like pulse on like what like on dating for like our demographic and right. like and like what you know what I mean like just what was going on in that world. I remember his bit about like lol and like all the different like like uh acronyms and like ones that we should do um so that was the start and i remember we we all did the first episode this is funny when this is when we were like all doing everything yeah you we mean- decided we were all gonna host with jared <laughs> so the very first episode of you up is oh, um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah is you're right all is all four of us oh my god I remember that and thinking like I know nothing about dating I'm a totally <laughs> lost dater I was single like I had and it's not like I, I don't was think even, you were like, single at the time I wasn't you, had, you were dating because oh, I wasn't I, single so you weren't okay single. so then I wasn't single but like I did not feel like I knew anything about dating and that it was just like luck that I had had a partner but like I remember thinking like <laughs> how am I gonna host a dating podcast like I don't know anything about this like I'm right. horrible at dating I think we did one episode and then we were we like did. okay I think we should like all focus on different Top areas, <laughs> and that was, I think, right around when we were starting when's happy hour around there. Like we were like we were thinking of, we were thinking about other podcasts to do around the same time. Remember when we hosted The Bachelor too? Oh yeah, so yes, yeah, so we also launched The Bachelor, which we also hosted, which we hosted. But then we were like, we hate The Bachelor. Oh man, I can't watch The Bachelor anymore. We were watching The Bachelor since twenty third. We were watching The Bachelor a long time, twenty eleven, we doing doing The Bachelor as notes with notes as work since 2013. We launched our Bachelor recaps and the three of us would all watch and we would ta- rotate who writes it that week. And but we all three needed to write notes and send them to each other. And you know what's so funny? I still remember this to this day is like one of those notes I wrote. Like I remember when Rusty messaged me on um like JD, like but then we stopped talking. One like there was a guy, a contestant on The Bachelor that had like red hair, and I like, wrote in one of my notes oh, I that I send that. to you guys. Like this guy looks like Rosie Tracks. I never told him that, but like I don't think it made it obviously to the outline. Probably because <laughs> it wouldn't be universally it nobody would understood. Get it. But like that's so funny because I wasn't like even dating him at the like we didn't even go on a first date yet. But I just remember that from the notes. But anyway, so we did this podcast. Okay. And then I think we realized like, oh, maybe we aren't supposed to do every single thing. Because I also remember thinking like, why am I hosting a backstory recap? I don't even like this show. 
But um, we continued doing Bet Slapped. And then I think as we were expanding the podcast, we were like, okay, well, we should probably change up The Bachelor host because, like, we don't want to do it. We knew Kay loved The Bachelor, so we we asked her to do it. I think we we all realized, like, that the podcast would be best run by things that we had, like, a passion for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I, I did you – I wound up <laughs> – hosting you up with Jared and then you guys started DST like I think a few months later based off of a conversation that you had from what I remember on uh Betch slapped right it was almost like a yeah. spin-off of that conversation from what from what uh, I remember for- yes well, yes rem- I don't remember it was that three conversation years ago. but I remember that it was three yeah. years ago on 420 three years ago we just celebrated our anniversary I didn't even realize we didn't even acknowledge <laughs> we it. didn't even know <laughs> Um, we, yeah, we did an episode on, we just mentioned like that Sammy and I like yo-yo dieted our whole lives and, um, we were, and people really like had so many questions about that. And we were like, maybe we should do like a quote unquote wellness show. Isn't it weird that before that, like that was the first time we ever revealed that we had like issues with dieting. Well, because I feel like we weren't that vulnerable in right. on our podcast <laughs> right, no, we in unison. It, yeah we weren't like we weren't that's what we talk about all the time it was like back then it was just like you had to be like you have to be perfect cool pop culture like, not care and then now it's like cool to care and it's cool to show like what because everything is now too fake like you need to kind of the realness is the stuff that is obviously like what connects you to people so that's what we've sort of changed and it's right it's so wild i think that's been the coolest part about the podcast is like it really gives you an area where you can like really get into like interesting real conversations which is what we used to do with writing a lot of it like satirical but like podcasts i think give you that space because you are in a you are in a room you're literally in a room with someone that you like feel comfortable with where you can have like a real vulnerable conversation and talk about what's really going on um so that was just i feel like that for our whole company that was like a great way for us to transition into like vulnerability and like still humor like as a medium that we were going to communicate to everyone with yeah well i mean i think podcast gives like if i listen to a podcast it gives you like sort of a 360 view of someone Um, because it's not just like what you read on a piece of paper or like a picture you see. It's like you hear their tone. You you hear like context. There's like there's the evolution of the story. Maybe you've heard like a billion podcasts of them. You get why they're like the intentions of why they're saying something now. It's like you feel like you're their friend. And I just I like like that the podcast medium like form of content like is a is so much better of a way to connect you to an audience or like to our people to like our listeners and our followers and everyone else. You know how the other day when we recorded DST with Tinks and she was like, I love my followers. Like I love my Instagram followers. Like, yeah, I was thinking, I was like, do I feel that way about like my Instagram followers? Like I was thinking, I feel that way more about like the listeners. Not that I don't love my Instagram followers. I love (laughs) you all. You are all special, precious little snowflakes, each and every one of you. Um, But the podcast, I feel like if someone is a if someone says to me like I'm a DST listener, I'm immediately like, oh my God, so you know everything about me and therefore there's like a closeness because I've already like kind of trusted that person indirectly right. with like really impersonal information. Whereas like I don't usually go I don't provide as much color on Instagram. Like occasionally I do, but if you're listening to the podcast, like you really know like well, all it, of it. <laughs> Instagram is like a much more curated version of you. It's yeah. like what you much more you choose, but like you think about like the hours of audio that there are of us. Like you can't really hide from who you are on a podcast. I mean, you can if it's really scripted, but like ours are not. No. So um, yeah. It's definitely a bigger window into definitely. I feel yes. so much less comfortable on Instagram than I than I I do just kind of on a podcast. Because you typically don't get hate listeners to a podcast, whereas there's totally a such thing as like hate following, and you like ebb and flow with the way you pe- with the way you feel about people's Instagram profiles and their Instagram presence. But I think if it's like a podcast and people are listening to you and they're they hear you be really honest about yourself and they're still listening and they still like you, that's like yeah a real that's yeah. a real connection, even though it might not be like completely mutual. Like they're really connected to you. Right. Have you guys had any like 
moments where you felt like after you said something on a podcast or it aired, you were like, I don't feel really weird about the fact that I said Literally that. Literally all like- the time. <laughs> I feel that way all the time. Like I, I constantly like will text Sammy like, oh, like should I not? And then I'll like harass Sean, sorry, Sean on Slack and tell him to delete like 25 things. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but he's, you're Sean, you're always so great at that. Thank you so much. And it's just like such, it's like the anxiety just like seeps out. And it's like, I think like I've called it like the vulnerability hang over where you just feel so exposed and like I I feel way more comfortable being a private person and it's just it's so it's so difficult to like put yourself out there like that but then it always proves to be okay when it's out like I get like the the, the episode that more I, so than that yeah I feel like it's like usually those are the best episodes those are the when best you episodes. have that feeling yeah the, the 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 one that I felt like the the most vulnerable was obviously the one where I talked about being pregnant on DST and like uh, my stomach was upside down forever. And it was obviously like so many people reached out and talked about like, thank you for sharing like fears and all of that. And I was like, do you know how hard it was? (laughs) You know, what's interesting. Like I used to get that more and like, I don't any, I really don't anymore. And I don't really know like why it went away, but I sort of just like maybe those vulnerability hangovers, like I kind of got used to them and I realized that they don't actually matter. And also we're all way more like embarrassed of ourselves than other people are embarrassed or like think that what you did was embarrassing. Totally. Like they usually like, find it endearing like, the more embarrassing you think it is. Yeah. Right. Right. It's true. Like we think, oh my God, like I have to be so ashamed that I like yeah. did this, but other people are like, oh, you're like well, a that's real person. Well, that's where the person. crux of and- is too. It's like, not only do they think like you're a real person, they're like, I do this. And like someone else said that yeah. they do this. And so I'm not, I don't have to be as embarrassed because like this person, you know what I mean? This person who I like enough to listen to their podcast, like also went through this or also was talking totally. about like their real fear. And so like, not only do I like, am I don't think it's embarrassing, but I'm like, I do this too. And now I feel less embarrassed about myself. <laughs> like, right. honestly, anything from like, obviously, like we talk about like our deep issues with like relationships or food or whatever, but even like that braces episode on this very podcast, like <laughs> two episodes ago, I was like, everyone's gonna think I'm so stupid. And like, I no. sound so stupid. And everyone's gonna think I'm like an idiot. See, this is an example. Every time you talk about the braces, that this is what I mean when I say everyone thinks they're so much more embarrassing yeah. than everyone else thinks you are. Like, I literally feel like literally, I'm like, it is so not a big deal that you got braces. Like, it's it's just it, to me. I'm like, okay, right. It's like it all is not even a second. It's all thought. in your head, and like, but it's like it's like funny. Yeah. Those are like that's what I get DMs about. Like, it's not about the stuff that I think is like a braggy cool moment that I do. <laughs> it's like the stuff that I that people care about and people feel connected to me through, or like the the failures or the insecurities that you talk about. Because yeah. like that's actually what relatable. What's relatable, not like how nice your vacation was that you talk about. <laughs> you know, right. It's like I I do had a beautiful <laughs> vacation. Like the other thing about the podcast, and I feel like we could do a dear DST after this, is that like it's not called each podcast episode. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, a dear dear batches. Sorry, what the fuck? We just did. Am we I just on? did record a dear DST. We literally just did dear DST. Um, but it's almost like when I see like a podcast episode in my feed, I see it as like, oh, this is going to be like opening a jewel box. Like, like, cause you only see the title, maybe you read the description, but like you can't know the gems within unless you listen to the whole thing. And like a title isn't going to reveal that a description is not going to reveal that. It's like this really intimate thing that like you, that you looked inside and that you learned about the people. And I just feel like it's a, it's a really special medium. Yeah. Agreed. We what love other, podcasts. What other what podcasts, Sammy? Do you listen? You listen to the most podcasts. I feel like out of all of us, even the Rich is a good podcast. They refer. They do like they 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 go into like dynasties. Oh, that's cool. Um, like in America, it's it's kind of, it's semi scripted. I do Pivot, yeah. which is about like media. That was like tech. the first. Po- I love Recode that. was like the first podcast that. Yeah. I like. Sometimes really I'll loved. do. We met at Acme. If I like the guest, um, J- Jared. I listen to Jared's mm-hmm. podcast quite a bit. Um, Yuling, what do you listen to? Well, yeah. I just ask you which true crime shows I should listen to, and then I just listen to all of them. <laughs> Specific episodes. Yeah. Red Handed and um, Crime Junkie. I really like. I used to go. I used to like not really like Crime Junkie as much, but 
I just, I, I, I was like, I just need the hard, the cold facts. Yeah, <laughs> so that's good like, for the cold facts. I, I, that's why I really like it. Um, and it's so good for like a walk. So good. I love it. It's so job. good. But then you're like, oh my God, like all this crime, like am I being watched? Yeah. <laughs> being oh followed? my God. Once I was walking, I was listening to like the Madeline McCain McCann episode and I was walking around the neighborhood in the suburbs and I was on edge. I was looking over my shoulder every time I saw a white van. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna get kidnapped. I started running. I think about I like- that all the time. America American tragedy was Ameri- an American family, which is actually oh. a Netflix. That was how we we like learned about our shared love of yeah of true crime podcast was like that show about um chris the, watts yeah it's the most fucked up documentary in the whole world and then we were like we need more info yeah. so we went to, <laughs> but to then the, a listener the a listener of dst told me to listen to red-handed episode about the that it story all comes full circle and right and then you told me about it and now yes. like i listen every single week yeah it's so good it's so good but anyway yeah that's why i was asking about like a cre- i like things that are like tell a story rather than something that's new right now that's why i want to get into more of those you should listen to revisionist history it's very interesting it's malcolm gladwell oh right you told me that one. Oh, i've heard good things about i sent that you an one. episode also, um, yes, of that, a while to that one also you're wrong about is a great podcast they go into like random things and we'll like tell you why you're wrong about it i listened to like a five episodes about princess diana oh interesting <laughs> that sounds good besides all of these everyone obviously go listen to all of our podcasts we have a billion to betcha's podcasts and no we don't host all of them but <laughs> you should definitely go listen to them now we've all been there trying to fit everything we might need for a trip only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams But with base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip? No problem. Deciding between a few pairs of shoes? Bring them all with base. It is my go-to travel bag. I love that the bag expands because I'm a chronic overpacker and it still fits in the overhead compartment. It just makes it so much easier to travel when I know there's a special place for everything. It makes me feel like a more organized version of myself. And I love that cushioned handle. I always get compliments on it too from anyone who's helping me with my bags. Base is thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash betches. Go to basetravel.com slash betches for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash betches. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Think of yourself like a bottle of sparkling water. Get too shaken up and you're eventually going to burst. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. I've been to therapy for many years and I love that when I have a big problem, I don't have to wait and let it fester and let it get bigger. I can start bringing it up in therapy and talk through it before it becomes an even bigger problem. Figuring out how to find coping skills when I've encountered anything that triggers me or stresses me is one of the main things that I've really learned from therapy and has helped me so much in my life. It's helped me to be a better version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Now it's time for the Dear Betches listener email of the week. We've been giving advice on our various podcasts for years now, but how do you give advice to a close friend? Is there a right and wrong way to go about it? The topic for this week's email is about how to give constructive advice to a friend when they really need the help, even if they didn't ask for it. <laughs> you can submit your questions to podcast at Betches.com. Sammy, please do us a favor and read this one. <laughs> it's long. Hi, Betches. Seeking advice on how to help my best friend and her possible dating faux pas. Ding, ding. First off, she's the best. She's funny, smart, quirky, and a genuinely good person. 
Wow, look at her gassing her friend up. She's always been a girl who has boyfriends until after her last serious boyfriend four years ago. This guy did a real doozy on her. They dated for three years, talked kids in houses, yada, yada. And then one day he said he didn't love her and had been too scared to tell her and then was just gone. She's done the work and gotten over him, but she's not reeling in anyone new. For four years, not more than a three-week fling. She's liked guys but gets ghosted more than anyone I've ever heard of, and I've watched guys literally leave conversations with her at parties. For example, she can get a little nerdy and silly, but guys always used to like that. Has that approach somehow lost its charm now that we're in our early 30s? My boyfriend mentioned that she came on too strong to a couple of his friends over the years. She did hook up with one of them, and he said she was weird in bed, which, fuck him for talking shit, but is this something that might actually be a problem? I don't know if it's her or the world around us, but it's bad and I can tell her confidence is dwindling, which is just unfair in your early 30s when you should feel like you're thriving. The rest of us in our group are all either engaged or in serious relationships, and I know she wants all of that for herself too, but I don't know the right way to help because it's almost too sensitive at this point and she can get a little defensive. Who wouldn't? How would you approach giving dating advice to a friend, either solicited or unsolicited? And how do you go about setting up a friend who has been struggling in the love department? Sincerely, Betch whose Betch is such a catch. First of all, I thought this was girl was like talking about herself, but like pretending <laughs> it was for her friends. <laughs> you know, this reminds me, this, this, this makes me think of Jared's quip. The answer is always in the email. Cause I feel like I see the answer, but Jordana, what do you think the, what do you think the answer is? I think she probably, the guy did a number on her in her last relationship. Like this girl said, she, it completely like rattled her, her, uh, confidence in terms of like attracting men and then on top of that all her friends started getting engaged that caused her to probably start acting desperate and a little bit weird and come on strong and maybe the weird in bed thing was like she was like you know maybe she thought that she could like please a guy sexually and that that would like somehow you know make him want her more and I feel like it it just feels like a a lack of confidence that has turned into desperation that has turned into like weird behavior and it's kind of like a cycle what do you think so what what do you think the answer is then that's not the answer (laughs) no i'm not no i wasn't no i was just saying like that's what i think happened to her i think i mean i don't know i mean i don't know what this friend is like does she take advice well like could you just be straight with her and be like this is what i think happened to you Well, she gets, she said she gets defensive, right? She wrote, but who wouldn't? She goes, it's almost too sensitive at this point. She can get a little defensive. How do you approach giving dating advice to a friend, either solicited or unsolicited? And how would you set a friend up who's not great in the love department? I, has she, I mean, she could maybe be really honest and be like, I think this might like, obviously in the most gentle way possible, like, potentially along with a potential setup like i'm gonna set you up with this guy like she could be setting her up with a guy kind of maybe but also sort of like guiding her with things she's noticed very gently about how she behaves with guys this is too difficult no, i don't i, I think <laughs> okay friends, here's i what, think you can be honest with your friend no, if well, this is like she didn't ask right that's i agree here's yeah. well i agree with with both both of you depending on like i think she, it's all about how the context for how you bring yeah. it up. No one wants to be like unsolicitedly like critiqued on what they're doing right. wrong. Yeah. But I think the next time you have like dinner or you're on a phone call, or you're having like an intimate chat where you're talking about your lives. You can say like, again, in a situation where they feel comfortable and like, you're just chatting, not like a group setting. Like right. I don't housewives. mean bring it up randomly. Right. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, when the moment like, is right. Or even like, let her, let her bring it up. Just yeah. be like, like how's, so how's like dating going? Are you like seeing anyone? And then like, if, she kind of like shuts down the conversation i don't think she's gonna really want your advice if she says like i'm having a really tough time meeting people like i really want to like be with someone i really want to um like i'm having just trouble meeting like the right guys or i feel like i'm turning people off like then i feel like that's your opening then you can be like what do you think is the problem and then you let her sort of think about it and you're like well actually like i think well what about this person like what do you think happened there like sort of guide the conversation as you were a therapist rather than like the person judging because Mm -hmm. i think quickly you could turn into like you you could set that person off and be and turn and turn and it's not worth it like, I don't think that that's worth it to get into like a, a weird relationship with this friend who didn't ask for advice. 
No, I'm not right, saying the, like randomly, like just be like, here's all you're doing wrong. Like we're sitting <laughs> down and say that. I'm saying like in the right opportunity, you can gently with an inter- interrogation yeah. light. But Jordana, I know you. I know you give dating advice to like our friends, especially when like we had more single friends, and you know. What did you do when like people were maybe like not hearing what you were saying? Like how do you how do you do like deal with that? Um like not receptive or not like I I or wouldn't like, give I really know, wouldn't give dating advice to anyone who didn't ask me for it because no, like let's say someone is asking you but mm-hmm. they're like not here like they're not uh well then they're not if, receiving it. Right. That well then that's honestly that's sort of like on them if i've relayed it in a way that i feel confident about that i like if they've asked me for advice and i've relayed the advice in a way that i feel like confidently that i've relayed well and that i've said in a good setting and then they choose to not listen to it like there's really only so much that you can do you can't really like force someone to change their actions or to change the way they behave you can all you can do is like if you're asked say what you think and then like that person can take it or not i do feel like when people are like People only really like change their actions when they're ready to, when they feel like they like they have to see it themselves. And that's usually when they come to you. So I do like Mm -hmm. most for most people, they'll come to you when they see a problem themselves and then they can like then they're ready to hear it. But I wouldn't like I don't think this girl is going to come to her. Well, then, like, you don't know. You don't know. I I think it just depends on, like, the intimate setting of, like, the conversation. Like, you can, you can, like, Jordan said, you can ask, like, oh, how, how's everything going? Like, did you, have you gone on any good dates lately? And then she'd be like, no, like, this isn't happening, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, what do you think is, like, what do you think the deal is? Or not judgmentally, but like, why, why didn't it work out? Maybe she'll, like, open up. Like, you can guide someone to open up a bit if, like, you make that make it safe to do that but at the minute she feels like you're being preachy or think that you know it all because you have a boyfriend or in a serious relationship that person is gonna back the fuck off and like never ask you again so i think that like the the most important thing is to retain your relationship over the fact over you thinking that you have some sort of golden advice for this friend like there's nothing that you're gonna do that's gonna change like this girl is gonna do to change this girl's life like forever except show her that you're there for her right she'll just feel like she's being like pitied if it's, yeah, if it's brought up without that. her asking no i'm not suggesting you just bring it up randomly i'm saying like maybe if you have a setup and you're talking about it like yeah you can go yeah. there but i wonder like do you guys ever think that it's okay to just like tell someone what you really think and like let them let it hit them? Because honestly, like sometimes I do wish that people had said things to me more honestly about thing like in my past, I do wish that like rather than friends just like kind of going around and being like, oh, she like like talking shit about me and like my weirdness or my pro like I don't know, like an exact example, but like honestly, I kind of wish that like people would have been more honest with me in the past about certain things. And I don't think that it did me a a service to not be straight with me. Well, did you ask them? You know, I'm not I'm saying I'm saying she's saying I'm saying that maybe the point is not maybe sometimes the person who needs advice does not know to ask or that they don't feel comfortable asking. But if they got the information, it might actually help them. Maybe they might react defensively at first, but it might like get through. And then maybe in a little bit, you might be like, I'm glad you told me that it really hurt at the time. But I now I know that you told me because you care about me and I I am grateful that you really gave me a straight assessment of myself because I don't think I could have gotten there. And like, ultimately, it could have ended like, I'm just wondering if you think that is ever okay, because I kind of wish that that were more okay, that friends could be a little bit more straightforward with each other when they know their friend is like doing something stupid instead of going to like, oh, like she's so single behind her back, you know? I think it just, as you get older, it's so much harder to do like, I was harder to, you think yeah to be like straightforward because what when well, we were I was talking to Alexa she's our friend and I was we were reminiscing on the time that like we used to have these like weird like in high school or younger than God, high school yeah. have these like weird sessions where we're like here's we would, what's bothering me about is, you we would literally just be like here's what's pissing me off about you or like here's what you're you've been doing to annoy the shit out of me and we would all go around in a circle it didn't end well it sometimes I honestly don't remember, but 
I just remember, but it did keep us friends for a while. And I remember That's feeling what I'm like, saying. like I remember really feeling real like, friends. but, but, I but feel like it ended in tears very, a lot of the times, but it did like yeah. keep us close. But in a way that like, I don't think you can't show up to a conversation like that without being like ready for that. You know, right. that's so unsolicited. It's like a like, real housewives reunion. I'm not saying yes. like stage an intervention. I'm saying like, like maybe, yeah. maybe in your mind set the intention to communicate something to someone and like try to do it when the, the moment arrives. I think you can only do that if you have a personal problem with them. If it's your problem with them, I don't think if it's like, if it's like an action that they do that doesn't affect you, that you just don't But why does it have to do? be a personal problem? Like, why, like, why can't it be something like, I am, like, I just want to check in with you. Like, I'm, a, I see that you're struggling in this area. Do you want to talk about it? Like, like, I would want people you to say if that If you were to single right now, you would, you would like it. If I went up to you and I was like, I see that you're, you're single while the rest of us are, are engaged and married. No, that's not married. the words you would like, say it in. No, that's not how you would say it. We would, no. How that, can I help? If, okay. If the way I would want you to say that to me is like us to be in person, probably like out to dinner or getting a drink or something. And we like, and you know, we're kind of talking about our lives and you, if you said to me, like, I know it must be, cause it's not like, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that it must be hard for this girl to be the only single one. Like it's, it's not like, oh my God, like, wait, you're, you're struggling with that. Like what a surprise. Like if you said to me, like, you know, I imagine that like, it must be a real, it must be hard at this moment. You know, maybe you're going to a lot of weddings or like, you know, you've been, you know, it's, you're not maybe having much luck on the apps or something. Be like, if you ever, you know, like want to talk about it, like I'm here for you. Like, I don't, if someone said that to me, I would not be offended. I would be like, oh, they really care about me. But you're not saying I want to talk about it. You're saying, here's the That's things that I think That's not how you that... start the conversation. You start it like you start it somewhere very different than where you're going to eventually take it. But that's what we're that's that is the advice. I'm suggesting just like a little bit more like honesty and straightforwardness when you see a friend is struggling and not waiting for them to come to you because they might be embarrassed to come to you. And that makes them feel more alone. But I'm saying like maybe it is good to like if you are really close with somebody, you can you can say something to them. I think you can open the conversation. I think you can always open the conversation by asking them about it. But I do think that like they need to be like the one to tell you that they're actually struggling with it because someone just you could also be like, oh, this person's like the only single person in the friend group and they must be miserable, but they could actually be like really happy and but, doing fine. But, but you would I don't think you're going to think that your friend's fine when they're I don't think you're, th you're going to think your friend's miserable when they're fine I think like in this instance this, they clearly know her she knows she's not happy so like why do they why do we have to pretend like oh well, I you, knew you were not happy until you tell me you don't like, have to pretend but I really think it's all in the delivery like if you come in the if, delivery it's all in the delivery like I think it's the same advice you open it up you say how is how's dating been going like like is I, I can't imagine that it's really that fun to go to a like you can't like again you have to guide the conversation for her to open up but if she refuses you don't push it right because if she then refuses, she'll be like sure get off my job right I'm not saying that <laughs> or but I'm she saying says, like, or she says it's, it's going fine like I'm going on some dates that's so also she, to me would would say would be a, a, a thing that would be her showing that she's not interested if she shuts speaking you down, to you about sure. It. But I'm saying sometimes people don't. Sometimes people are afraid yeah. to show that they they're afraid to be vulnerable for the thing that they are most insecure about. She probably feels very insecure about being single. She's probably afraid to and to like to do that. But if if the friend shows her like I have a space for you where you can you can like not be perfect and you cannot have it all together, and I can I want to help you. I feel like I would want my friends to be honest with me. I would want like I just would want a little bit more candidness in like what they're observing in my behavior and what I might be doing wrong. I, I think I, her, really I think our advice is the same. It's just like I think we're our advice is the same. Your your advice yeah. is just the next step after the person being like I'm struggling. And I think that's just the difference. Yeah. Like and and the other one would be like there's either two options. They tell you they're struggling with something or they tell you that it's fine. And if it's fine, yeah, if they tell you they're fine. Then like, you're not going to push it. But if there's like, if I think that you can open up a place for people to like, where they probably would have just like acted tough before. Maybe they, maybe they just needed you to like, 
to give them a place to the do landscape, it. The landscape for a conversation for that to happen is like one person, the receiver needs to sort of make the other person feel like they care about them, whether or not they say they give them advice or not, just they care. Like, how is this going? Like right. they at they they pose the question about their lives, right? Because that does that's not always that obvious. And the other part of the landscape is that other person needs to feel comfortable enough to share or like be vulnerable or tell something because that's also not always under like that's not always the case because the other person might think, oh, this person doesn't care. So like, and then you have a conversation. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But I don't think unsolicited just be like, hey, so I see you're single no, and you're no struggling. One's, no one's, no one's <laughs> suggesting you listen to my advice. No one is suggesting <laughs> approaching it that way. No, I know. I get what you're saying. I'm just yeah. joking. That reminds yeah. me of the Jared Free dad beach conversation where his dad is just randomly like to him, like, what do you weigh? Yeah. Like, I can see if you're sensitive about a subject and someone's like... <laughs> suddenly trying screaming. to let you know. <laughs> but anyway i think that we've helped her just don't be a bitch don't be a bitch when you when you uh give this advice to your yeah, friend or like really or like gentle. patronizing yeah because the, the email comes off a little patronizing just a little well the, that's my fear yeah well here's the other piece Maybe this girl does talk about her problems with a different friend. Yeah, so maybe she doesn't even need your advice. You know what she should do? If she has a convert, this is the this is the perfect advice. If she ever has a conversation with her, she the friend, this girl who's writing in should be like you should write in to you up. <laughs> They'll give you honest advice like i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but you they just will be so blunt because that's that's the beauty of not to tie this back into our podcast but that's the beauty of like when we give the advice because nobody knows i don't know you you can't we'll just give you the honest advice (laughs) okay so how would you feel if how would you feel if your friend was like i think you should write into this dating podcast if she's like i'm (laughs) struggling with dating you could be like well oh my god this is the you should maybe you'll get the most honest advice ever if you write into i think she should almost present that as like a fun like a joke yeah so what it sounds great i would i would i would do that yeah right and also her email i think her email also insinuates that people in relationships are happier than single people which she could have all this huge group right. of friends who are in relationships and have them well, be miserable well so. she, right but i think she's saying this girl like i think the, well she's the saying like how evidence. do i get this girl to be as happy as me and all my other couple of friends very like condescending a little bit right thank you for writing in <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for writing in. we told you to be honest tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Betcha's co-founder, Aileen. And as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, and I got their button down. I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western, Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm gonna wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's L-E-E.com. That's L-E-E.com to shop spring looks now. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. 
Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Okay, now we're going to play a game inspired by the very first game we ever played on Betch Slapped. And to help introduce the game, we have, drum roll please, guess who it is? Our producer, Dana. Surprise. <laughs> She's back. She has hands. Okay, so to help set up today's game, we're going to actually play a clip of the three of you introing it from the first ever Betch Slapped episode. So it'll be a nice little walk down memory lane. And then we'll play your responses to the game. So here we go with the intro clip first. Should we play the verbal smackdown game? Yeah. No, but it's Ver- not called the verbal, verbal batch slap. Sorry, verbal batch yeah. slap. So may- maybe you've heard of this game. It's called verbal smackdown, though. I'm sure there's other names for it. Basically, um, we just debate something random. You have a random. moderator, which is I'll be. Someone. It'll be me today. Okay. And you basically just debate something. Uh, you bait. You, you can like between two different things. So like you could do anything. Coffee you could do. versus tea, like or yeah. some overalls over pajamas. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, you could do anything. So what's the debate? It's it's like shows on TLC about people who are like uh, downtrodden. Right, like half reality ton mom, shows about that. Quarters. Yeah. Verse shows uh, like Real Housewives, like rich people doing like rich things, like gla- the glamorous yeah. life of XYZ. Okay, and here is what Sammy and Jordana had to say. I already know the answers. I remember. Same. <laughs> Ready, go, Sammy. Okay, so I definitely prefer to watch shows about rich affluent people living completely ignorant and oblivious Give lives. Give us examples. Such <laughs> as the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the Kardashians and Rich Kids of Beverly Hills. I love that one. That's like a perfect example of this. I just find it more, first of all, I like watching flashy things. It's exciting. and But more importantly, I think that it gives you like a real perspective because you see that all these people, they, they seem to have everything. They appear to be at the top of their lives. They can have any handbag, any car, any vacation they want. And you see that they still have like these problems and they're not happy. And most of the time seconds. they're just bitchy and like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> most of the times they're just like crazy and will like flip a table or like, and you're like, you're a slut pig, Camille. Like, you know, <laughs> the best come line. on. You just gotta, you just gotta love like rich people fighting over like dumb, dumb things. All right. Um, She's on my side. Sorry. No, I'm not on anyone's side. Um, okay. I don't know if your time is up because I forgot when we started. Doesn't really matter. So let's just say your time is up. Jordana. Okay. I prefer like shows like on TLC um, because they've eliminated the freak show from the like American societal system so now it's that's the the modern day freak show is tlc like where else are you going to go to see a woman eat couch cushion why do you want to see that why do you want to see that because it gives you perspective and it makes you feel lucky and appreciative of your own life like oh i may have had a bad day and like maybe i didn't get the soul cycle sign up that i wanted to (laughs) but at least um i don't i'm not a 42 year old man who dresses as a baby (laughs) on a day-to-day basis Okay, and the winner of that debate was Sammy. Aileen <laughs> gave her, her on her side. She gave her the win. Aileen likes those shows more, but I actually think Jordana's was funnier. Like Jordana's are funnier, but you don't. But like, yeah, she likes point. Sammy's argument better. I believe. What's, what's so. funny is that I'm right now watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills yeah. from the beginning. So. <laughs> Like, you've convinced me to do yeah. that too. Yeah. Um, so Sammy, do you, know what, do, do you know what's really funny though? Is like Mike listened to our episode that aired last week with our like newlywed game, and he's like, "You and Aileen are so competitive. Like, <laughs> you just keep like you really like got upset with her that like she was like almost gonna win." I'm like, I guess like, so this is funny because it's like I guess a lot nothing's really changed. Nothing's changed. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Okay. Um. So for today's verbal smackdown our debate topic is going to be 
what is the definitive HBO show? And I'm going to assign you each a show to, to, to fight for, and then I'll pick a winner at the end. So, Aileen, you'll be defending Succession, Jordana, Sex in the City, and Sammy, The Sopranos. And I'll, I'll keep a, little, a loose timer. We'll try and keep your arguments to 30 seconds. I'll count you down when you have 10 seconds. I'll give you a little flag. And you'll have a chance to come back and, and defend your points if need be. Question. When we say definitive, <laughs> yeah, so like it just are- defines HBO to a T? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, I have only seen one of these three shows. I won't say which, so you don't think I'm being biased, but okay. fight for your show. We can start with Aileen. I'm going to preface my argument by saying that I am a huge HBO stan. All three of these shows are amazing (laughs) and there is nothing better than HBO. It's not TV. Okay. So Succession is the most definitive HBO show because it stands off the heels of Sopranos and Sex in the City and has improved upon, it's been improved upon. It's also amazing because nothing, there are subtle, there are subtleties in the show. It's also about rich people and um it gives you access into that world and also they're not happy same argument as sammy as beverly hills and also there's deceit and there's um there's deceit and like really just big assholes and everybody knows shows about assholes are the funniest so that is my argument that was great you went a little over time but we'll let it slide (laughs) (laughs) jordana wants to disqualify her for that (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I like the energy you brought to that argument. It was really, yeah. You came in strong at the end. Okay, well, well, good job. Deceit, right? <laughs> deceit, deceit. <laughs> <laughs> right to Jordana with Sex in the City. Ready? Um, go. Okay, so Sex in the City was a revolutionary uh, show for its time, especially um, like. I think it seems more normalized now that people were talking about sex and dating and being single in their thirties. Um, but they were not talking about it back when sex in the city aired. Um, the show is funny. It has strong female women. And, um, also it had two very big blockbuster movies that came out of it. So, you know, it was good. And um, I personally have cried to a scene in it. So <laughs> I think it's just one. <laughs> one scene. Just one. Um, scene? Oh, it's the, it's the scene where Carrie reads Big's New York Times wedding announcement to a different woman. <laughs> you cried during that one? <laughs> oh my God. I, I was having a really bad day. I Did you say just that seems out of character. <laughs> oh That's were you like feeling like it could, were you feeling like her pain? I felt like, yeah, I felt I, felt I could relate to it in that moment in time. Okay. Wait, we get to respond, right, Dana? Yeah, you, you, okay. you'll get responses after you all give your initial, your initial thoughts. Okay. okay, and lastly, we have okay. Sammy talking about Sopranos. Ready? Go. Okay, The Sopranos is obviously the definitive HBO show because it is sort of the, it was the, be- it marked the beginning of Sunday Night HBO. It was the first, it was the first, it was also like the, uh, the leader of like the golden age of television, not just on HBO, but TV in general. I think if you ask many people, they will say that the best show in the world is either The Sopranos or The Wire, but The Wire is not part of this game. The Sopranos, <laughs> however, the also, in addition to having deceit, hot people, money, you have all <laughs> that, which is on all those other shows. You have sex, just like in the city. You have Hi. all those things. And you had the most epic finale of all time that people will still debate to this day. So it is the definitive show. Who was hot on Sopranos Fury? Yeah. <laughs> um, big pussy. <laughs> big pussy bump on Sari. You have sex like in the city. That got me. Okay. Tony's hot, okay? Sex James in New Jersey. Jansen <laughs> is a legend. He is a legend. Yeah. That's okay. Fair. Aileen, do you have any additional arguments or rebuttals yes. you would like to give about <laughs> succession? Yes, it's not. I don't. How would I? How would I have a rebuttal? Nobody well, attacked me. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no one's that hot in succession either. Um, <laughs> Brian Cox. <laughs> What's his name? The uh, dad. Wamsgams. Wamsgams. Oh, fucking Wamsgams! Thanks for reminding me. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, we'll cut these down to 20 seconds, and then I will crown okay. a winner. Okay. Ready? Go. Yes. Okay. Succession 
is the best, is most definitive. Yes, Sopranos was the first. Yes, it was, it shone among every other television show there was. However, it wasn't that smart. The writing in Succession is extremely smart. The situations are, I know I said subtle, but they're so subtle in a way that you have to figure out what's going on. And the humor element is really much not in your face. The writing, like I said, is so funny that um, I could rewatch 25 episodes. Yes, I've watched um, Sopranos twice in the pandemic. Yes, but (laughs) (laughs) Succession... Is the one I was given in this do- in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you so you think Sopranos the is the end best. there? No, yeah. but Succession is smart. <laughs> I think it's a smarter, smarter script than Sopranos. Mm. Okay, I have an answer to that, and I wasn't even going to rebut because I felt like Sopranos stood on its own, but I will now because I have an answer to that specifically. And it's obviously smarter, more intelligently written than Sex in the City. Let's be honest. <laughs> I agree with that. Do you have any uh, any additional arguments for Sex in the City? I would just say that a show about um, four women who were unmarried in the 90s with ambitious career uh, careers and who openly had were had sex and were dating multiple men was very transformative for its time in a way that a definitive HBO show would be. Oh, but she went with big. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it wasn't perfect, Eileen. It wasn't 2021. <laughs> also, like, big, that's real that she would pick big. No, it's not, not real that he would pick her. Yeah, it's not real it's that not he would pick her. It's not real that he would pick her. Trick, right? He never would have settled down with her. So maybe that's why Aiden is in season is in the third movie. He's going to be on a reboot. I actually did a 12th grade presentation on why Sex and the City was a masterpiece. So you <laughs> have already prepared for this moment. This is not fair. I compared I it to Pride and Prejudice. Wait, I remember that. I did. When you Wait, did that. In a- Pride and I did Prejudice. The for that. Speaking of why Succession is the best, Tom's Wamsgams plays Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice. Also, that's what, doesn't movie. that make Pride and Prejudice the best? Not no, that's Succession. without question. That's besides the point. Different <laughs> argument. Okay, Sammy, okay. We'll, we'll go into your soprano support to supporting yeah. arguments. Like I said, I wasn't going to rebut anything, but I just cannot let Aileen's comment about the writing on Succession being better stand when it is clearly not. The Sopranos touches on the essential existential questions of life, and that is something that only truly the most definitive HBO show and shows in general can offer you. Please. Okay. There's so many shows about mob, the Italian mafia. No, it's mafia. not the mob. No, it's no, about, no. no, I'm talking about the existential questions that Tony has to answer right. that he works that's, through with Dr. Melfi the in therapy. That is the beauty of the Sopranos. I know, but there's still, you that can still relatable say succession. relatable to everyone, even if you're not okay, in the mob. I'm not allowed to rebut, so I'll <laughs> shut up. <laughs> okay, there's nothing relatable about the succession people. Do you know, do you, are you relatable to a billionaire? Who's like trying to, to, to undercut... You feel, are you relatable to an Italian mob mafia boss who murders somebody once a day? No, but I go to therapy just like Tony <laughs> and um, I work through my I, work I, through I my own issues. a company just like um, Brian Cox. And I've been single in New York, <laughs> just like Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> OK, Dana, who wins? OK, <laughs> I have some thoughts. Um, <laughs> sure, Dana. <laughs> I think. The underlying message from all of this is that all of you, you know, are partial to The Sopranos because you all touched upon it in your uh, arguments for your own show, which is okay. That, that's, that's your mood. That's your mood. Um, however, I think be based off of things that I'm, I'm desperate for anything to watch at this point, as I think we all are, and... I have been leaning towards one of these shows and I think based off of my personal interest and the way that it was sold, I'm going to give this to Aileen with first succession wow. because it just seems more my taste. It's I've so already seen really, Sex in the so City. So really biased. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Sex and the I actually thought Jordana made the best argument because of thank you, uh thank you because that, of the, the four her rebuttal that's about the, the show four you women. definitely have watched that's the one right? i've already yeah. seen yeah. so i agree with you on a, on a strictly argument front 
I would give it to Jordana because I think it's the most relatable show and you really sold it very well. Especially <laughs> I liked that last comment really sent she it home prepared. for me. Yeah. I mean, that was like how long ago? <laughs> 14 your, years ago. I don't remember her memory. I yes. remember when you did that, actually. <laughs> Just in Miss Muller's been, class. You did I definitely, when you, I definitely got it, an text a. me. Okay. <laughs> also, the Mr. Darcy comment really said really said it over the top <laughs> he's that hilarious is, yeah. i love pride and, and prejudice i, I mean dana though i think we all actually agree that you should watch the sopranos so i will is, i, I have vivid memories of, of when i was a ch- when i was a kid my i used to watch tv with my mom and the sopranos would come on and she's like okay go to bed get a, you're not allowed to watch yeah, it. it's yeah. very violent it's definitely very violent yeah, yeah you have um, to close your eyes during like the shooting I, but the rest I watch of it, it is to go to bed currently <laughs> i'll close my eyes for this yeah. <laughs> alien's mom played it for her as a bedtime story <laughs> Um, but yeah, The Sopranos is the greatest show of all time. You should watch that. It, it, it is. Will. I think will tell you guys should probably watch it. I watched it twice, the whole season, twice, twice, not season, the whole show. It's the best show. It's a, it twice tackles the existential issues. You know, Am I going to need therapy afterwards? Also, they make Tony, no. they make Tony <laughs> such a lovable psychopath. It's so good. Anyway. Okay, that is it for this episode of App Betches. We'll be back again next week with yet another episode. And in the meantime, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, App Betches, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this show. And you can follow all of us. You can follow me at Aileen. And me at Jordana Abraham. And me at Sammy. And of course, follow at Betches on Instagram. And send your advice emails to podcast at Betches.com. And until next time, this has been the At Betches Podcast. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Dana Samuel. Editing by Sean Kilby and Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. Betches.